0: The lives of the people that pursue this stuff don't cross over based on like cultural and social mm. and i mean the thought of going to just a casual red carpet premiere like down the street that sounds absurd yeah but yeah. if you took it to the uk that sounds absurd there you yeah. take a little bit of the uk and put it in, in the usa and then you're like what like do you do you, you approach things that way absolutely not
1: what we do here is go back 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 back
0: And we're back. And we're back. On a very, very special episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. What's special about today, Matt? Uh, it's special because we are in the same room. We're in the same room, <laughs> the same city, and we're videoing it as proof. Yes. Because, you know, people might... Our editing job is oh, so it's good. it's so in, good. In, in, you, in they the might not that, know. That people wouldn't know. <laughs> we're here. We're in Auckland. I've taken a little little couple day trip and the video proof... Us gesturing is going to do nothing for listening to no. us, but, um, we make louder gesturing noises. Yeah, we're both in Auckland. Um, a little podcast in person today. Yeah. Obviously flew, flew at great expense. The the, the money from the advertising is coming in and, and yeah, we're just going to fly up, fly up to Auckland every week. Every week.
1: How are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's nice to be sitting across from you, I must it's say. It's so nice to see you. How long has it been? Like It's been, well, March. March? Yeah. So what's that?
0: Three months? Four months? Last time Matt and I actually saw each other, we, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but we were at Sweet Mother's Kitchen in Wellington. Yes. Happy as Larry, just talking about how we'd see each other in in London and... Boom. For all the things we've talked about in the past, and here we are in in a nice little... Nice little Auckland space. A nice I keep forgetting Auckland. that we got the, the video. Yeah. I feel be like I'm no, safe. No, you know, you're fine. <laughs> it's, you yeah. know, if
1: people are watching there as well. But no, if you can see us in the video, we're in almost like a little uh, confessionary yeah. um, situation going on. Um, it's all I had
0: for a divider. So, but I mean, I don't know. I think it adds character. Oh, look, it's adding some class. It's yep. sort of some some, some classical. I didn't. Did you ever do like art history or anything? No. Or like. I did see. I did classics at school, but I couldn't tell you what the sort of mm. style of of
1: no, I no this
0: no history period <laughs> this might be from.
1: I wanted to do classics, but Mum was like, "No, you're doing English." Really? Yeah. What did
0: you what the what subjects did you study at school? Uh,
1: than... I did English, physics, calculus, drama, and graphics.
0: Bro, what a weird mix. Calculus,
1: yeah, well, really? No, yeah, because remember I was going to do architecture. Oh, I guess it'll count. So that's it? why I was like physics, calculus, uh, and so then you... and then like partly failed calculus, just passed yeah, physics. Bro. I, was a,
0: I was a stats baby for sure. Yeah,
1: see, I, I yeah, I was going to do stats, and I was like, oh, maybe I might need calc calculus, bro. Oh, I, if I could go bro. back and change it, I'd be doing, I'd be like, doing yeah,
0: theater, English, stats, the token maths, um. Classics and history, mm. no science. No, nope. just see you later after year eleven. Not if I interested. could go back, I'd do exactly the same but thing. That's the thing at school; they're always like, do a science, do a science, sort of keep your know yeah. keep your options open. It's like, how many people do we know are doing anything with a science degree? Uh, mm, I can name one. I won't one, name them, but okay. I can think of one person. Oh, maybe two. Maybe two. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I can name a few. I yeah, compared to the number of people that are doing things that have nothing to do with science. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Anywho. how dare we talk about science uh, on, la, 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 on la, la, la. an arts podcast?
1: Um, hey, I'll start us off. I'm I'm drinking, I'm drinking for two uh, today. Yeah, you
0: can hear from my husky tones that I've, uh, I've seen slightly better days. Um, just, a, just recovering from a little head cold. Oh, there we go. Um... I'm gonna ask you what are you drinking, even though I picked it out for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I had a
1: Garage Project uh, Party Box, uh, and James here selected the Golden Path uh, Garage Project, uh, which is a juicy, hazy hopper bomb with surprisingly restrained alcoholic content. A generous edition of the and Golden Naked Oats. It's four
0: percent. That's what they're saying. It's four percent.
1: Which is probably a good thing for about a what's this one thirty. One thirty recording drinking session on a Sunday
0: as well. Um, on a Sunday, I'm drinking a very nice Auckland tap water um, from sort of a pint sized glass, and uh, it's quite nice. It's going down well. I intend to drink all of it during this recording. I'm glad you're enjoying that because it's a
1: oh, it's a commodity around here at the moment. You know, water oh, at yeah. the moment Actually, up here in Aucklanders. I, is... I
0: should I should really savor this. You should savor it. You should. That's
1: that's gold. That's liquid gold right there. <laughs>
0: I'm not one of those people that can tell water from different cities. Some people are really big on that, being like, the water tastes different.
1: Yeah, well, I, I really don't... I know a lot of people that are like, ah, tap water. Like, no, can't do it. I'm like, oh my God, it's water. Water's water. Drink water's water.
0: Water's water. Yeah, see, if I drink bottled water, like just a like a cheap bottled water, mm. to me it tastes like... Unless you put it in a fridge, yeah, I'd rather just have tap
1: water. Nah, I I hear you, I hear you. Um, but hey, to start us off, I know we've been uh, blabbling on, a bit for a uh, um, about a high school. It's used to do it in person. We're well, so used is. to having
0: to do it like on Zoom and check yeah. check the recording's still going. It's, yeah, and, and no, it's and there's no video, so you can just sort of. Go and change your clothes <laughs> quickly if you want to. We're, I we're feel, here. We're, I feel like we have to provide... We're exposed. We are exposed. <laughs> um, but I'll, yeah, I'll start us off,
1: you know, on these obviously questions where we, you know, a bit of a just a, a lead into the
0: episode. Some of the lighter, Some mm. lightest parts of life.
1: Yeah, light, light stuff. Um, mine's real simple.
0: Mm. Cats or dogs? I'm going to give you an unsatisfying answer here, yep. I feel, because I have both a cat and a dog, mm-hmm. and they're both over 10 years old Mm. so it's not like it's not like i've had one for a way longer period of time like so i had a cat growing up uh called baxter i think he died maybe when i was like six or seven i could do the maths but my cat at the moment is 15 Mm. and my dog's 11 so for almost a majority of my life i've had both a cat and a dog i think i think for a strong period of like for a, for a long period of my life, I would have told you that I was more of a dog person Mm. and I worked at a doggy daycare for 18 months, You did, but strangely working at that doggy daycare, um, kind of put me off dogs. I can understand that. You know, you spend so much time, so much time around them. Mm. I think for me now, the question of cats and dogs is such a logistical question of like, if you wanted to, because we're kind of getting to the age where it's no longer parents buying a pet that we have access to. It's now also you kind of taking sole responsibility. And now I, I, I think it's kind of inappropriate or like irresponsible to, to own a dog unless you can give it everything it needs. Mm. Whereas I, Mm. I, I think cats are a lot, a lot easier. Like I've lived with inside only cats and outside cats and, but they kind of can adapt to their environment. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, like I, there are people that I know that are buying dogs. And I'm like, you actually are not providing enough space for this yeah, animal. Hard. I think I probably like dogs more. Mm. If, if I had to answer the question, yep. I think I probably like dog, dogs more, but I think dogs are, there's more, it's like high risk, high reward. There are some mm. dogs that I'm not interested in, like small dogs. I have no interest no, in, in all. them. So there are some dogs that I think, like Look ugly And I'm like I don't have Really any interest In interacting with you yeah. Whereas Almost every cat I'm like You're probably gonna want to lose, You're probably gonna want A stroke So I think I think I'm probably Slightly more of a dog person Yeah But I feel like The older I'm getting Maybe the more of an Appreciation of cats I'm getting Because you're just Getting a little bit more Old and
1: Old and frail <laughs> You just wanna yeah. Cuddle into a yeah. cat Don't have to take it For a walk as much Yeah Yeah
0: I mean, what about you? I'm pretty sure I know what you're is. No, I'm is, exactly,
1: like. I'm exactly the same. So I grew up. Really, I
0: thought you were in a dog person.
1: No, oh. no, I'm definitely a dog oh, person. Oh, really? Right, oh, okay, definitely. Go. No practical
0: questions here, folks.
1: <laughs> um, I grew up with um, it was my uh, my granddad's dog, who was a boxer dog. His name was Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, granddad loved boxing, so Mike Tyson, 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 boxer dog. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Um, and he was amazing. He was an amazing dog. Real chill. Um, and then I had a cat called Smudge. And those two were best friends, absolute best friends. Um, And I remember when we weren't living with my grandparents, um, Tyson passed away, Mm. which was really upsetting. And then literally a few weeks later, Smudge died from a broken heart because his best friend had gone. Which just absolutely destroyed me as a little, little kid. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I actually, ha- I haven't had a dog since Tyson, but my um, grandmother used to be a uh, guide dog trainer. Oh really? Yeah. So we used to get dogs in, um, every, every, was it every summer or every few years yeah. we'd get to get a new dog in. Just labs? Um, yeah. Oh, border collie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember we went to the facility once and I got to pick the puppy. No. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) all all of the puppies like running around and there was one puppy right at the back. And I was like, that one. (laughs) So, yeah, we we picked her and brought her home and then we trained her up and then had to take her back when she was all trained. So I've always enjoyed dogs, but I've lived with cats for majority of my life. Mm. Um, Mum's cat, Kitty, very original name, Kitty. Um, who died a little while ago, actually, and then obviously me and Rachel have just got our own cat Angel, yeah. who is adorable. Um, and I and I, I love cats to bits, but for me, yeah. like you're saying, if I could, I would probably want to own a dog. But in this current apartment, I can't.
0: Yeah, the the ch- you can't have a dog in the church. No, not in the church. It's no. a big cathedral. Blasphemy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the older the, I feel like the older you get, the more you realise how different cats and dogs are. Yeah. Like they are sure they're the two main like domestic pets but owning a cat and owning a dog are probably like almost as different as owning a cat and owning like i don't know a a guinea pig or something Mm, like mm. they kind of get they get lumped together but yeah that was one of the interesting things about working in a doggy daycare for a year and a half As i learned lots about like what kind of dogs just don't belong in cities. Like mm. People just shouldn't own huskies. Like yeah, they don't no. like sunlight. No. Um, even dogs like Jack Russells. They look small, mm. so people kind of think city dogs. But Jack Russells like their background is being on farms and being able to sprint, sprint. across like True. kilometers of of farmland. Mm. And so, it doesn't mean if you own a husky or a Jack Russell, you're a bad person. That's not what, <laughs> that's not what I'm that's not what I'm saying at all. Because this is what has become normal but i feel like my lifestyle lifestyle would have to change significantly yep. in order for me to get a dog mm-hmm. whereas i think i'm at the point in my life where i could buy a cat own a cat look after a cat and that cat would give me lo- like i think cats are really good flatmates mm. they can add yeah can, when i was in bristol the the first set of flatmates that i was living with one of the girls had two cats and they were inside cats um and it just added so, added so much mm. to like the, f- the flat dynamic as I'm sure you're experiencing yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, exactly. right? Cause it is another living, breathing thing that interacts with you more than say like a goldfish. They're happy to see you when you get home. They yep. want to cuddle with you. Um, but yeah, I think I, I like dogs and the amount of like running that you can yeah, go and yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. But some people, some people really hate dogs. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, not, not hate. Some, I think a lot of people, more people than we think are actually scared of dogs. Scared. And as well, a, kid, a, as a kid, kid, I used to be quite scared of dogs. Yeah. And because we never had them in, in the household, I didn't know when I got over that. But if you're a little kid and you see like a big, doesn't even need to be like a, a great Dane, even a boxer is probably big enough mm. to be like, that's a. That's a, that's a big that's thing. That's a big animal. That's a big thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, I mean, kids have also had... Um, there's, like, traumatic experiences with dogs as well, Whoa. you know, like attacking and barking and things like that as well. So it does. Yeah. It's that um, post, post-traumatic post stress thing that you, you bring up into yeah. adulthood and you're like, dogs, nah.
0: That being said, while I was while I was away it was funny having, so I saw my parents multiple times over the two years I was away. One of the big things for me, one of the hardest things about being away was being away from my dog. Cause you just mm. can't, you can't communicate with him. No cats. You kind of know they probably don't care that much, <laughs> but dogs know when someone leaves. Yeah, their life and then when you come back into it. So that is one of the silver linings of being back in Wellington is, is being with you. Yeah, animals. Haven't been patting her as much the last couple of days need to get back into it. She's been a bit needy. See you soon, Martha. I know you love listening to these episodes. <laughs> I'll be back on Tuesday night. See you then. Um, and hey, I mean, ex-
1: speaking about overseas experiences mm. and things like that. I won't shut um, up about it. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, um, obviously, with me and James being in the same room, we kind of wanted to get a little bit more personal about our mm. experiences and our experiences with theatre um and obviously yeah. you going to the uk and the usa mm. both for theatrey things
0: yeah for complete like very different, different reasons, reasons. But, but yeah. yeah
1: yeah um so yeah we're just gonna really really dive into dive into it all me being uh down in wellington and, and doing theater and then mm. you overseas but i mean basically I'm, I'm yeah i'm just gonna hit you with a few things let's and launch, we'll just see how let's it goes launch into it um from your time being in you can answer both separately obviously mm. but what what do you value the most from your learning from going to America and the UK what did you value taking away from those experiences
0: the most so as not a hindsight thing but like ref- reflecting back on yeah reflecting yeah. back on your time there yeah what did you yeah.
1: what did you value about that whole experience
0: well i think that like completely different experiences because yeah. i went to when i went to the states was in 2016 and i kind of fundamentally went there for the same reason that most people go on exchange which mm. is like a non-academic specific um i actually really wanted to go on my exchange to the uk but funnily enough the the universities that vic had in line with i couldn't complete my both my history major and theater major oh true well, that's the only reason i started looking at the states huh. um and the reason i ended up going to um, ucla was i i was like oh if i'm going to the states i kind of want to do a big public university and and ucla and, and and berkeley as well quite well known so i definitely ended up there from just a more holistic like mm. experiential reason mm. um i was there for two quarters so i ended up doing two ten weeks worth of programs um but ucla like a lot of exchange universities all over the world but be- because they actually had like quite a renowned uh theater and film department mm. you couldn't just waltz in as a third year like i was and all of a sudden pick up third year papers so yeah so the the courses that I did were kind of entry level courses. So I don't think my studying and I think I did two, two theater courses and a film course. Mm. I don't think any of them gave me a massive amount in terms of developing who I was like as an actor. Yeah. Um, Certainly not the film class, which was more of a a film study class. And then I did one that was a sort of an, Really, the equivalent of a hundred-level paper, and then one that was just the most absurd class that I've ever taken with this guy who didn't even know if he was. Uh, it would take a whole podcast to explain. <laughs> people took that class because they wanted to be better public speakers, and then some people were right, acting yeah. majors. And but it was this legendary like, entry-level. The guy literally said, in, in one of the first, in one of the first uh, like." I didn't even know what to call it. Class tutorial. Simna. No, it was very hands-on. Oh yeah. It was like, everyone's getting an F. Grades don't matter in this class. Seriously said that in like a in a very nonchalant, like UCLA, like grades don't matter. You're just gonna have a good time. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, my GPA is down. <laughs> but um but to answer the question, I think probably what I took away from from that experience more than anything, was living very close to Hollywood. And there were the UCLA campus as a hotspot for like NBA teams go and train mm. there when they're playing in LA, if they're not from LA, uh, like people just go random. Like I remember like Red foo um, oh, yeah. was playing tennis there one day. Like people just use it because it has such amazing facilities. Yeah. Um, UCLA is in Westwood, which is sort of the suburb over from, uh, Hollywood, or a couple over, and Westwood actually uh, their their cinema there screens sort of the second tier LA films. Mm. So, the, so the biggest tier ones have their screenings at uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, I think at the Dolby Theatre, which is where they all Grauman's Chinese Theatre, yep. one of those ones that's on Hollywood Boulevard. But sort of the next step back um, films they have their premieres in in Westwood, which is like the equivalent of the bubble that the university is mm. in. So it's like the college campus and there's kind of shops and stuff. You wouldn't live there if you weren't at, at the, at the university. And so this, this cinema, like every couple of weeks just holds like red carpet premieres for sort of think of like trolls. The movie was there <laughs> like smaller films like no Avengers or anything. I mm. can't think of any other films, but so I was on this Facebook page And every few weeks, they would just post an update, being like, this premiere's on tomorrow night. No big Lord of the Rings, Wellington, years on advance premiere, just, premiere's on tomorrow night. And if you were interested in that film, where any people want it, you would just go down and stand and watch the people come in. And so, one film that I was particularly interested in was uh, Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. Coen Brothers movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember being looking at the people there when this film and was like, "Damn, this is like yeah." There's big, some there's big some cast. like Channing Tatum mm-hmm. and Scarlett Johansson, and I think like Jonah Hill's in it for a tiny amount of the movie. Who, who else is it? And George um, Clooney. Clooney, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to that red carpet. That's going to be insane." Went there, and this is sort of like a ten minute walk from university, or whatever. Hung out, cool, and then saw all the the people arrived, um, and then. The security guys just like come over to me and the couple of people that I was with, and they're like, "Do you guys want to go and watch the premiere?" And we were like, "What? What do you, what do you mean?" <laughs> uh, yeah. They're like, "Yeah, we got we have tickets. We have to fill out the theater, and we couldn't. We thought he we thought he was joking or having us on. Yeah, but because they want to fill out the theater, and a cast and crew isn't big enough, the Westwood Theater has a downstairs area and then kind of a, a first level area. Mm-hmm. So they fill out the first level with just fans. So it's I went sick. to the world premiere of Hail Caesar." And I, they like led us through the barriers. I walked through the red carpet. Don't know what the hell I was wearing. It definitely <laughs> wasn't a suit or anything. And I heard my friend like call my name. And so I turned around and just walking in behind me with no security, was George Clooney was like two, two minutes behind me, just walking in. And I, I, it was too, it was too much for me to think to like, ask. Yeah. Part uh, part. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's the thing about LA because there's so many celebrities and people within the entertainment industry. It's considered very uncool to to be wowed by a celebrity, yeah, like to ask people yeah. for photos. People in L.A. just don't do that, mm. or p- people that live in L.A. don't do that. And so, like Channing Tatum was just there getting his box of popcorn, and I'm I'm just standing there like, this is this is abs- this is one of the craziest experiences so, of, of of my life. That's so random. And so I think that experience particularly, and just. The people that not that I bumped into personally or like we were in a coffee shop one day and Kendall Jenner came in like I don't care about the Kardashians at all but but interacting in a fringe element with these people in the entertainment industry, I think what that really taught me or what I took away from that is that people are just people.
1: Yeah. And I
0: think there's so much um, you know the entertainment industry is treated with this like grandiose sort of wow, like superstars. And mm. at the end of the day, actors are just people that do acting for a trade. They might be really nice people. They might be really not nice people. Yeah. But I think what that period of time taught me within within acting and wanting to do that is is that just because you didn't grow up in the states doesn't mean you can't be a global superstar. Mm. Just because you like aren't famous doesn't mean you can't be fame maybe isn't something that you actually do want Mm. so that was that's my long-winded way of saying that's what i learned i think from from that whereas whereas the uk my my time at Vic was a lot more i think introverted or not introverted introversion and, Mm. and learning more about who i am as a person and and if that's what is helpful to acting and what isn't um part of the reason why i i wanted to discuss Myers briggs with you was because i think I while I was at drama school had a lot more thinking about uh like my introverted self and and of the my ENFJ which I confirmed by the way I did it since that episode I am an ENFJ it's the F part of it the feeling thinking where I kind of sit on the border and I think what I've realized is that most artists are F they have you know the, the forward planning the kind of maybe less like thinking practical which is good because that's where the mm. artistic side comes from. Mm. I have quite a lot of thinking in me, which is where I think the whole like the the kind of stuff. that's, I am just going to go to the UK and do the thing, and the yeah. the, the grind like the grind factor. I think really was really beneficial in some ways. But I think what I also realised while I was in school is, is I have a lot of uh, the thinking aspects, like the intellect over intellectualising things, that doesn't help with acting. Yeah, and that has been a lot of my development over the last year also has kind of been trying to teach myself or or trying to accept which parts of my personality Mm. don't actually serve acting and i Mm. think it's that it's the whole intellectual academic part of my brain that serves its own purpose like i loved university i love studying history like i love academics that doesn't help acting at all and i Mm. think for me that was what one of the real big take, take. I mean, so many from a year at oh, yeah, school, of course. but all that kind of learning about yourself as a person, where that translates into yourself as an actor, and where it benefits itself and where it doesn't. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what about you in terms of coming out of coming out of university and then going and doing a lot of shows, not with university people? Sure, maybe people that went to Vic mm-hmm. or people that you already knew, but doing shows within a confines of of university and tertiary education where actually when you think about it as with lots of programs outside of the arts a lot of times i look at things i'm like this doesn't make sense as a university course because fundamentally university there are grades within programs within you know people have to sort of hit the mark and shows don't really make sense the idea that we get marked on production papers Mm. is is kind of nonsensical but obviously it's university and you want the ba so you have to do the thing yeah was there how did you find the experience of doing shows within uni and then being outside the university bubble and all of a sudden it's like there are no grades obviously you actually want to sell tickets because maybe you're part of the you know the revs for a new share that comes from i Mm. mean yeah well i think i mean
1: it's it's that difference between going like in uni we're all set up into different divisions. Like people are doing marketing, backstage, acting. Like you know, it's yeah. all kind of divided. So people are taking care of it. But obviously, like you said in a university, setting, everyone's kind of got that. Oh, I've got to make sure I'm doing this in the right way. Yeah. Um, whereas when you go out and like you know do shows at at Bats or at um, at Circa, I did a few. You know, there's people that have been doing this for a long time that are taking care of that stuff. Yeah. You know, so for me personally, I just had to take care of my craft and what I yeah. was doing, and that was my acting, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... I found it I found it easier. I found it easier going into a more professional setting because, yeah, I could kind of just hone in on what I was doing and my acting and things like that. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean... There, was, there were aspects of, of learning at uni that I just didn't like and there were things that I, yeah. that I just didn't want to do. But, I mean, it's nice to get... The the thing that I like about uni is that you get your hands in all the jars, yeah, right? And you kind of start to figure out what you like yeah. and what you don't like, which is what I appreciated. But then when it came to actually just acting out in the city, mm. it was like, I'm doing that.
0: That's so, my thing. So often I find people, I mean... One of my good friends, you know, S J, who's doing her, her postgrad at Vic at the moment, shout out S J. Um, she was talking about group group having to do group work stuff over mm. lockdown and that being difficult because you can't interact with people. I remember saying to her, as I've said to people in the past, um, you know, that I can think of a couple of friends actually that are doing postgrad group work. I said to them, "Man, group work at university sucks because like you you rely on other people, and if people don't, I never kind of considered the fact that." fundamentally a lot of what we do, a theater at university is group work. Is group you get work. stuck with people. Yeah. Some people are there to do, you know, theater because it's just a minor that they want to tack on. Some people do it with law because they want to do mm. that whole public speaking mm. thing to do with the law profession. Some people like q and it's absolutely our, our like number one passion. And essentially everything we do is group work. Yeah. Like, we get lumped together with these no. people and some people give it, like way more effort than others. Yeah. I kind of hadn't thought about that yeah. in terms of how that compares to once you're outside. If people are doing shows independently, regardless of small budget, big budget, bat, circle, whatever, mm. they're probably invested enough yeah. that you kind of don't have to worry about everyone else's yeah. shtick. Yeah, true. Which is good because that stuff's the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 admin of theater oh my god <laughs> well i mean speaking of
1: the, the the admin just like going on about my experience um i've mentioned um keegan bragg and ben wilson mm-hmm. a, a few times who i did a lot of shows with yeah. um uh, ben wrote a lot of scripts um and we performed them at bats and we performed them in town at um 121 uh club on cuba street which was a great great show almost sober it was it was really fun to do mm. and working with them you know they they handled the admin you yeah. know they they did all that stuff um and so that kind of meant i could i could focus on you know my performance on stage for them and yeah. you know what they were presenting yeah. for me um but also speaking to that intellectual side mm. that you were speaking about me i've, I've never i've never that that's really never been a part of, of yeah. my brain. Like I'm, yeah. I, I, I don't want to too my own home, but I'm smart, but yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm more kind no, of
0: intellectual intellectuals are a loaded word. Yeah. I think it's a lot of the time when people say it, particularly if it's to describe themselves, it comes off as like a really, a really arrogant word, mm. which is why I said over intellectualized, yeah. because yeah. I'm really trying to emphasize, as I know, you know, that there are lots of things in life that intellectualism doesn't, doesn 't mm. help no at all, yeah, exactly,
1: but I think working working with those two, they have great, great heads mm. on their shoulders, and they really know how to get into the craft of theater and yeah. and and all of the aspects so it was really nice working with them because they could do that side of it all yeah. and then i knew how to kind of translate that onto the stage and so every show that we did it was really it was really lovely collaborating with them because we we just got each other they were able to do that stuff i was able to do this and we were really able to just meet mm. in the middle i was able to present craft to them that they maybe they hadn't been able to think about but then they could over intellectualize it um and then i can bring it back down into a craft form again yeah. as well so yeah i really valued my time doing doing those shows with them um yeah. and wish to do more in the future but i mean keegan's pretty sure keegan's i don't know if keegan's still in australia but he went keegan that's, that's he, up Keegan. yeah, yeah. To, i can't remember um but he went to australia i think he came home actually because of everything going on but he went over there to um to do more of his directing mm. and stuff. But I mean definitely in the future I'd love to work with them again and especially Ben as well. I love his writing and everything that he does. I mean it's
0: all about fundamentally it's all about collaborating. And unfortunately yeah. in university a lot of that is is collaborating with people that you might not choose to, but also the yeah. experience you gain from that is realising like the kind of people that you you do mm. like to work with. Mm. I think that was probably one of the, the really cool things about Bristol, because you get lumped in a place with you know in my case a course with 14 people myself included of people all taking this craft equally seriously mm. but people just from completely different backgrounds and you kind of go oh just because you're from a different background and you you approach this differently your personality is completely different doesn't mean you're any less valid no. whereas i think in university probably there were times where i felt people weren't pulling their weight or they weren't taking it seriously mm. and so i attributed their personality to a not caring about yeah. acting as much yeah. when actually that was just their personality and they didn't care about acting. exactly you know that crossover yeah. wasn't really you don't have to be nose to the ground completely working hard mm. To be someone that's an amazing yeah connector. so true. In fact, a lot of the time it, is, it isn't those people. It's <laughs> the people that love to joke around and seem to not take things too seriously. But then when you're devising or you're on stage or you're doing a show, they're the people that yeah. provide like the the magic moments.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I was listening on the radio the other day about how someone you know met their idol as in like an actor. And, you know, it's just, you know, they say never meet your heroes, you know, because it's just expectations kind of thing. But I mean, that kind of goes on to what we were talking about last week in the sense of not all actors are extroverts, you know, just because you have these high expectations of these actors and people that you meet, it doesn't mean they're all going to be happy, clappy meeting people randomly on the street all the time, you know, like we, some of us are introverts and we're just trying to live our lives. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I just wanted to mention that quickly because yeah. yeah, someone was talking on the radio like really disappointed about meeting this person, and they were they were like, yeah, they're a bit of an asshole. But I'm like, but you have you have no idea what that person is like that, outside yeah. of the screen. Yeah, You don't yeah. know that person. At that all. could just yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. unless the person like walked past you and flipped the bird or something, then yeah, yeah. maybe maybe a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
0: I mean there are assholes in every. It doesn't. We're not excusing asshole no. behavior. No, but people's expectations of. And I think this loops back around to what I was saying about living in LA. Mm. This whole kind mm. of I- idolizing of of actors and musicians and celebrities and they are like they're just people. They're just people. they just Yeah. It, it doesn't mean I don't get ex- I don't get excited about meeting certain people. Yeah. But that definitely kind of destroyed my whole like small world, in New Zealand. Imagine what it would be like to meet a celebrity. There's still some people where it'd be incredible, but <laughs> Like people, like, we could just walk past someone downstairs later on, and I'd be like, "Well, the chance of that person living in Auckland is probably quite high." If yeah, yeah. So, well, that,
1: that's what I was going to say. I mean, it must be similar to that kind of Kiwi culture as well. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; I get starstruck if I see celebrities here in New Zealand, but I'm yeah. not going up to them being like, "Hey, can I have your autograph? Can, we, can yeah. we take a photo?" Kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I feel like in New Zealand we're kind of like, hey. "Yeah, you know, yeah." It's very chill. But I mean, that's just- us, right? Just, that's us, just a little that's what we do um continuing on what 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 do they do differently what do you think what do you think going to America and kind of being in those classes compared to being in class here in New Zealand or in the sense of you know more kind of practical stuff in mm. in the u k what did you just get their experience and be like wow that's that's different
0: um well, I want to give way more time to the UK than, than the States because mm. for all the reasons I said before I think my real my really quick answer of, of the US is I think there's a fundamentally they're a lot more screen based there are people that love that love theatre but everyone knows that the screen is where it sure. makes money particularly, yeah. particularly in LA and I think I think in the States everyone's their bravado is so high it's so like I'm an actor and I do this and, and maybe that's where all the whole extroverted expectation comes from mm. i didn't have a lot of genuine com i didn't feel like i had a lot of genuine conversations with people doing theater classes and in, in this and at ucla yeah. it's a lot of like this and that and blah 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 and, and read the lines and learn the lines and do the it's a lot of facade yeah i think yeah. i think um the uk i think the main thing for me was um and I wrote about this. I did. Did you ever read my my? I did some theater blogging. You did some there. blogging, eh? I did some to
1: blogging. Me, I, I must admit, I don't think I read all of them. That's all right. But I did. I did I didn't dabble. Read all of them. I wrote all. I wrote all of them. I, I Didn't, them, read, but read, I didn't them. read them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. I did dabble on those first few. I think.
0: Um, I think the the main difference for me about what they do differently, particularly if you're looking at. Um, Like institutions. I I think when it comes down to actors act, like a a British actor versus a Kiwi actor, Mm -hmm. actor, 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 Uh, it's very, it's, they're completely the same. Like Mm. you're, you and I are maybe as different as actors in terms of our processes and stuff as me and someone else I train with, or Mm. you and someone else I train with. I think the difference is. And how within the institutions, how they choose to teach. Now, my sample size is just Vic and is just Bristol Old Vic. Yeah, like Bristol Old like, Vic might be completely, completely different to other schools in like London, the UK. In fact, I know that they are in that. a lot of schools in in the UK and in England subscribe to specific methodologies. Mm. So they might say like, we're just teaching Stanislavski, or we're just teaching like Meisner, or whatever for people that aren't um theater folk i guess there's lots of methodologies within acting that like over the last cent couple of centuries there's been different people from different cultures that have sort of said this is what it is to be an actor and this is how you should you know go about the process of discovering character or working your way into a into a script and kind of part of developing as an actor is as figuring out what what works for you Mm. so typically in, in you know drama at secondary school, if you did anything like year eleven or twelve or thirteen, you've probably heard the word Stanislavski because Stanislavski is the like, what would my character do? What is their background? Mm. How old are they? That's kind of the go-to in the Western world, and I think at Vic, because it is a uh, it's not a specialist school, and like I said, you know it's it's academic based, and mm. we have to pass the courses, mm. and there's way more kids there's not as much time to go into offering up all the different variations, yeah, yeah. which is why, do you remember there was a, a, futurism paper? Yes. That was like, futurism is this completely weird Italian methodology that they did back in the early 1900s. And the Italians were like, well, we'll do this mad thing. And it will inspire all the people <laughs> in our country to go to war. Well, one of the people at the faculty in fact decided to do this. And I remember Matt and I watching this being like this, this ain't theater. Like, yeah. This is just bizarre. I think that's the small mindset here and what we think of acting. It's quite small. And so I think at Vic, I, I developed my devising work and being able to work with people and create shows, but I didn't have my eyes open to the idea of like different development as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think when I was at Bristol or Vic, like we went through probably six or seven or eight or nine over the course of a year, different ways that you can approach it Mm. And at least with Bristol Vick, again, this isn't necessarily British drama training as a whole. Bristol Vick as a school went, try it out. If it's not for you, cool, we won't be doing it in two weeks. Yeah, try true. this out. If it is for you, cool, we won't be doing it in two weeks. But at the end of the year, that'll be the thing that you, mm. you write and die with. So Some things really don't don't work for people. Like you said a couple of weeks ago, the idea of method acting. Yeah. If if we did a one week workshop on that, I think at the end of the one week, you'd probably still be like, no. But like we spent a couple of weeks doing like animal work where we went to a zoo and we observed animal behavior and we did animal like animals animal stuff with the purpose of by the end of it being like the number of creatures that live on this earth that move in this way we see animated animal characters all the time maybe for you random person x if you are really in tune with animals and you love cats and dogs and rhinos and monkeys or whatever maybe that's a way for you to if i give you a character and you have massive you know block and you can't figure out how to get into it maybe thinking mm. about the animal that that character is that's the way that maybe you go about acting for the rest of your life yeah. so that was one thing that i was like what like we're going to go to the zoo <laughs> why <laughs> for acting so yeah i think i think being exposed to all those different methodologies and being given permission to make the decision that this works for me or this doesn't very different to if you're doing theater at university simply because at university they they don't have time maybe one mm. paper would study something yeah but you got like 40 kids rather than 15 and you have to fit it all and then be able to assess people yeah, which yeah. kind of a drama school it's like well you kind of get we we'll present it all for you and we hope you develop but that's kind of up, up to, to you. you. I mean, have you had much experience with methodologies like cuz obviously secondary schools kind of a wild card. Some secondary school drama teachers mm. do all sorts of mm. random stuff like other than Stanislavski method um, methodology stuff like
1: I mean, not really.
0: I it's weird I
1: mean obviously during uni and stuff we got taught all of these you know things and stuff like that not all of them but some of them but I think for me they kind of all just went over my head a little bit yeah and I I don't know I guess I've kind of I, I don't think I really have a methodology yeah when it comes to me doing theatre I really just feel it and go with it And yeah. it's that you know collaboration of what does the director see what do I see in the mm. script kind of thing Um, But, I mean, uh, Keegan quite often used a lot of... uh, Was it Mehmet?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He
1: he 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 um he brought up his references and his methodology yeah. quite often and yeah. stuff. Um, so we would use that in the rehearsal room and things like that. And it's once again, it's like, I mean, if it doesn't hit, like, what can you take out of it, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, quite quite often in a rehearsal room, I'll, I'll really just feel it out in myself. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'm, I don't know, maybe an animal. Yeah, but it's a whole yeah, like phys- Me, I'm, I'm very physical. Yeah, I'm a very physical actor. So it's all about like. You know my body and how that feels and stuff like that. Mm. But I mean, personally, to be honest, if I yeah, if I had to think of a methodology that I use,
0: I wouldn't have a bloody clue. Mm. I wouldn't and have a clue. And I don't think you you don't need to, like there are there are actors that are you know eighteen doing fringe shows and there's you know people that are like sixty like I don't know so Michael Caine might not have a methodology that he particularly Mm. uses. It's not, it's not something that like as an actor, you have to decide this is what I'm going to use. This is what I am. But I think it for for me Mm. as an individual, it was a real benefit for them to go, here's a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. See what works for you. See what doesn't. And kind of, as I alluded to earlier, one of the most important things for me was to go, the uh, intellectual aspects of Stanislavski, the who am I? Like, wh- yeah. like what, like I was approaching Stanislavski in a way that wasn't helpful to me. doesn't mm. mean Stanislavski doesn't work yeah. or is an intellectual thing, but just me as an individual with my ENFJ tendencies approached it in a way that was getting way to find out the answer. And then that'll give you the character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that, it doesn't mean i won't use stanislavski but i've realized that i kind of have all those questions mm. anyway mm. and there's other stuff that like the the physical stuff that maybe i needed to be encouraged to like go towards that so yeah i mean there's there's lots of different there's, there's lots of things that they do differently but i think that that european centric here's a bunch of stuff we aren't going to tell you what's good or what isn't like when we did our production the trojan women for our 300 level our director sort of had him had a methodology viewpoints that she was working from. Mm. It was like, this is what we, this is what we're working from, mm. which again is fine. But if I left university after three years, that was the only thing that I was introduced to. Yeah. And it wasn't like, Hey, if you hate this, maybe we'll do the show differently. <laughs> like if you love this, great. Whereas, whereas Brist Lovick was very much like, everything's going to be two to four weeks. and If you hate it after four weeks, you'll well, at least know you'll never want to use that. Yeah. You want to use that again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I am very physical. I'm very like I said, I'm very physical. I like my body. What what way does it move? Or what way does this character move? Um, I think I mentioned this last time on a different episode. Um, Stanislawski's like emotional memory mm. and physical memory and stuff yeah. like that. I really like drawing back on past experiences and yeah. how can I adapt this towards yeah. a new character, kind of thing. Like you know, straying away from that um, method acting yeah. in the sense of Um, Like, you know, I am this person and, you know, I have to now experience these new things. I find drawing back on old things and new things and stuff like that. Um, But moving on, what did you, anything, anything you just despised, not despised, just disliked. Ah. Being like being at UCLA or in America is something Um. there that was just like, why, why is this a thing? same with the UK I think, not to drop anyone yeah. in or, or anything no no
0: no I, I think i think with the states what the stuff i didn't like was the the social the social constructs like everything's do with like frat and sorority life yeah, and race yeah, relations yeah. and and sex relations and there's a lot of stuff that what we would consider problematic from like little old New Zealand like all this stuff happens on American and American universities yeah absolutely 100% mm. i felt very uncomfortable with a lot of that but but in terms of like relating to relating to theater stuff, I think I th- I think in the st- I think in the states they don't l- it's not that they don't listen. Everyone really wants to offer opinions. I think that's fair. Everyone values their own opinion, and sometimes. I mean, it was a while ago. Some, but I feel yeah, like sometimes I just like just shut up and like <laughs> listen to the person that's the professor. Like, you don't have to agree with their opinion, but like yeah. you're at this institution to listen to people and and learn from them and form your own opinions based on. I mean, that's a massive generalization, yeah. but I feel like in the states there's a lot of. Well, this is my opinion based on how I grew up, and this is my opinion based on like everyone really values the sound of their own of their own voice. voice. Ironic as I talk a lot during this podcast. <laughs> um the UK Um I don't know. D- dislike probably, Don't have to,
1: don't have to have any. I don't
0: probably not, like definitely not with definitely not with its, itself, like the course and the tutors yeah. and Well it was like you people. said, it was a
1: completely different experience to your time yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Too different.
0: I think I think if I had to pick something that I I disliked was is more of a wider comment of of the UK acting industry is, is they haven't really figured out how they feel about international actors. Mm. Um, mm. And I think what Bristol Vic does with them, their master's, their postgraduate course, it's internationals only, and they do that to make sure that there is internationals in the school. And so there's, you know, both for their own actors to have access to people from different backgrounds and for us coming in, because we can't do the two and three, year course. And also yeah. they probably know that most people can't afford to pay international fees for more than one year what i what i didn't like um not so much within the school itself but i think that's a reflection of the uk as a whole as there's a real uh defensive kind of look after our own british people and british shows this is you know british people first yeah kind of um and I don't think I expect that as much I, I feel like in New Zealand we on the whole value multiculturalism and if mm. you meet someone at university that, I mean there was a girl uh, Amy, shout out Amy in like second year at at Vic who was from Leeds I think um, maybe wasn't in your course but at the time everyone would be like wow how did you end up on exchange here, that's amazing that you ch- you ended up at at, at, at Vic mm. And people were like that over there personally, like on a one-on-one basis, but it doesn't translate to people being like, oh, wow, you're a New Zealander. I wonder what that cultural background means for you as an actor. Wow, there's maybe some roles over over here. It's like, no, Ben Kingsley's going to play that <laughs> half-molded character and end his Game and we're all going to be okay with it. Yeah, I think that's what I, if anything, that's what I, I disliked. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's more of an institutional thing. They haven't figured out for all the positive, like, go and do British conservatoire training. While that is what I wanted to go and do, mm. there is a snobbishness there that definitely not reflective of Bristol as a school, the people yeah. that went there. But when you leave there within the industry, it is very much like, oh, you can't do a British act. You can't yeah, do RP. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. I guess that was, you
1: know, because obviously okay. me and James, big plan was to be in london yeah and start just really start hitting hitting the hitting the boards do you think it i mean obviously it's going to be a challenge for mm. us when we eventually get back mm. who knows when we'll get back yeah but like i mean i guess that's something that we've really got to strive for then in yeah. the sense of like i mean i know there's there's big new zealand people over there at the comedy scene you know i think rose is it rose Metafeo? um she's been you know edinburgh edinburgh you know fringe Uh, a lot of um people we know down in wellington have gone there and done their stuff um so it's like you know how do we then two kiwi lads get to london and get our stuff i mean is it then about like content or is it really just about how good we are or do we need to put on british accents
0: yeah i think and maybe there's an element of like new zealand tokenism ego that we think like we're at the corner of the world everyone should find us interesting yeah maybe there's an element of that but also i think that's kind of valid because anytime you step outside new zealand or people come to new zealand particularly with americans they're always like wow you're you're from new zealand like like we get that we we they get gets put on us a bit Mm. but i think going to the other side of the world and thinking within the career that you choose within the, the industry and the market that you are maybe more of an interesting product than you actually are. Mm. That's kind of a tough, tough spill to swallow regardless of like talent or how good yeah. you are as an actor of put all that stuff aside, just purely who you are as a person and your background and where you've come from and the journey that you've taken. A lot of the time it's like, no, we'd actually rather have someone that went to Oxford and mm. then went to RADA mm. And was, done go, all of these. and was happy to walk straight from dum 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 rather than the like oh this is this is someone different and yeah like i said to you while i was over there and when i came back i con- was constantly having that battle of like am i a new zealander being over here and trying to sell myself as a new zealander or am i mm. a kiwi who's come to train at a- at a british conservatoire who's kind of giving up all the elements of my new zealandness because actually to make it as an actor here you kind of have to sell that stuff away until you get to the point where maybe you have enough opportunities or your agent's strong enough or Mm. casting directors know you that then all of a sudden a few jobs where maybe they're interested in that is a bit more open i mean we could talk at length about how that's completely different on screen versus you know stage with casting and and you know gender flip casting and and mm. racially diverse casting and no one caring about accents great theater is definitely going that way where you could chuck an australian or a new zealand or a south african accent in an rsc production and probably people wouldn't care yeah screen's a completely different thing because yeah. you can't you have to decide what the character is and the screen going public is not as forgiving as like the yeah, theater going yeah. public is. Um, but yeah, I think that's t- That was, that was the, the toughest thing. It's mm. like having to consider giving up part of your identity within your professional working life, which I guess people do all, all the time. People that have personalities and yeah. they go into jobs, that's completely not reflective of, of who they are. I well, mean, we
1: all, we all put on masks. Right? Yeah. You know, it's that whole mask facade of, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the same with me in retail almost, you know. yeah. Like, I'm not always that happy retail person kind of thing. I could have a really bad day. i got yeah. to go into work. I've got to put on this mask kind of thing, yeah. you know. So, it's like, yeah, how can we as New Zealanders get to London and make it that it's our journey yeah. instead of necessarily... Falling into the plot of of everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, yeah. and it's uh, like you've yeah. already
0: experienced. It's not easy. And then the other, but the other thing to consider is like we don't have to go there. No, do you true. know what I mean? Like yeah. we no, ch- we have this I- idealistic dream of like go to London, yeah, like, home of Shakespeare, mm. like the Globe. And then you get there, and and they it's not that they don't want you there, yeah. But they're not that but interested. Like, in and then we're like, oh, hang on, why don't you? <laughs> like, but we we, we created tri- yeah. this this idea that run away from new zealand or like go to la or go and work in in london so mm. yeah i mean acting's obviously act, a global thing and, mm. and fingers crossed that um we can get back to that part of the world at some stage or things you know take off in this part of the world and and it is an industry that definitely isn't defined by by where you like where you are mm. but things are so different yeah and i think i think clearly even just even just answering the questions about like the states versus the uk versus here it's interesting whether the lives of the people that pursue this stuff don't cross over based on like cultural and social mm. and i mean the thought of going to just a casual red carpet premiere like down the street that sounds absurd yeah but if yeah. you took that to the uk that sounds absurd there yeah. you take a little bit of the uk and put it in, in the usa and then be like what like what? Do you do you th- you approach things that way? Absolutely not. You bring a bunch of that stuff over here, and we're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Which I think is uh, I think I think is is fairly reflective of, of acting as a whole because mm. it's such a like non tangible craft. Ain't no numbers, ain't no science or Mm-mm. physics involved Mm-mm. in in any of this. Mm-mm. You gotta figure that stuff out. You got you yourself. You gotta find yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I feel like I've talked a whole a whole lot. I hope so no, was but that's fine
1: I, I mean I think it's interesting people watching or listening to us right now I, I i i think it's interesting I think it's I mean, I've got more questions, but honestly, I think you've kind of blended two or three of them into one, so I mean that works for me. I've also talked for
0: a long a long time. <laughs> maybe the questions will, will will come back in we'd we not know you have to keep you have to keep listening
1: You have to keep listening hey, how you know. how's the beer been... um hey, I must say it's very nice. I've always enjoyed hazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Hazy hazy beers Hazy IPAs Um, But it does have a very I don't know whether it's because it's in a can But it does have a very um, Metallic? Yeah, it is metallic But the thing is When I usually drink out of a can It doesn't taste metallic Maybe because it's 4% It's a bit weaker The metal's Mm. getting into it Mm. Give me a second Let me just have one more sip of it
0: I finished my water So um, It was great, by the way Auckland tap water Pretty good reviews yeah, something just hits at the top of my palate, and it's just... He's
1: sophisticated, folks. I mean, I finished it, don't get me wrong. It was nice,
0: but probably won't grab it. Go for it. I mean, you got to do a lot to kick the Harpy Days off its pedestal as, as, dare I say, your favourite Garage Project Mia? Happy Days? Yeah.
1: I, I love Mia Happy Days. Yeah but it's the pernicious weed. Oh, true. The true, pernicious true. weed, yeah, that's my that favourite. But a harpy days, honestly, if I was to go to a, a, a theatre or a bar yeah. um, and a bit of bitch wasn't there, mm. um, uh, yeah, quite happy. Quite happily take harpy days. Mm. Definitely.
0: Well, I think we'll leave it there. Matt's finished his beer. I finished my uh, my water and, um, yeah, what a weird thing to do this in person. It's, right? It is, we it is into, weird. We eased into it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. loosened up. Felt like a little bit of a, like, not a, not a blind date, but like <laughs> when you haven't seen someone for a while and you like go and have coffee with them. You're like, "Are you how I thought you yeah. were?" Yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah. been dating online for a little bit <laughs> and. and and we've got to have first little one. Okay, you're you're as okay, a, cool, You're yes, as I Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. That so
1: true. It's so true. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, like, yeah, we we picked up James from the from the airport this morning and went and had a feed, and now here we are recording, and we're we're about to watch some Hamilton, uh, play yes. some Code Names this afternoon. Mm. So, um, I mean, I'm just I'm just loving being in the in the same room
0: with you. That's bro. so great. Hey, um, thank you to everyone that continues to listen and support us and send in. And your thoughts and your feedback, and we have got to give a shout to Sarah Jane Jensen, who I mentioned before, for the amazing custom artwork that oh, she did for us. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, we wish you we could pay you, but you know, you pay you in life. Hey, maybe maybe one, maybe maybe one day, day, you maybe know, drink. one day, one day, one day, maybe. We say optimistically. Yeah, we'll true. leave it there for now. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure no. doing lots of gestures The people in the video. Thank you. Can't you. hear them. We'll see you next time, guys. Peace.